Hey, when was the last time you climbed a tree? Do you remember what it was like? The texture of the bark, figuring out how to navigate the creaking branches and the thrill of going higher and higher. It was a place you could get away from your annoying sibling or test your limits or use your imagination. Maybe it wasn't even a tree anymore. Maybe it was a castle. As a kid, you probably never thought a simple thing like climbing a tree and getting outdoors would be so important for your future. Well, these days, who do you think spends the least time outdoors? Chickens, inmates, or children? The poll questioned more than 12,000 parents of children between the ages of 5 and 12 years old in 10 different countries. One in three children in the UK spend less time outside than inmates in maximum security prisons. Yeah, children. People are starting to call it nature deficit disorder. Nature deficit disorder. The alarming increase that we've seen in childhood obesity is related to the fact that for the first time in our history, most of our kids are growing up without a real connection to nature. Lack of green spaces, digital technology and parents' fears is creating a society cut off from our environment. And research shows it's leading to all sorts of physical and mental problems. But tell me, where do the children play? But around the world, there's a growing movement to combat this. At a forest playground on the outskirts of Copenhagen, kids are encouraged to build fires. And in Germany, kids are making wooden bows and arrows at a forest kindergarten. And right here, in the heart of Sydney, city kids are being encouraged to discover the wild side of life. Are you recording now? Branch. 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 Branch out. A podcast from the Royal Botanic Garden, Sydney. If you think about our modern urban child, most of the surface that they're walking on day to day is either you know, hard stand outside, which is, you know, paving or concrete, and then they're inside walking on carpet. That's Sam Crosby, a nature play expert, and right now we're both digging our toes in the sand. Having these different textures and surfaces are really important for kids to get their ankles and their feet moving and to be able to understand how to negotiate uneven terrain. Sam's showing me around the Ian Potter Children's Wild Play Garden at Centennial Parklands in Sydney. Really what it is, it's a, it's a play space for children and for families to come and sort of, I guess, go back to playing how someone like me who's in their 40s played when they were a kid. Remember the tree climbing I was talking about? So this place provides a sort of, I guess, a safe, safer environment or a sense of security for parents and kids to come and take on those play behaviours that we might have done. It's all about getting back to basics because playing in nature and doing something like climbing a tree improves a child's physical, mental, emotional and social development. There's no substitute between a climbing frame and a, and a tree. So when you climb a man-made structure, everything, every piece is the same distance apart, whereas in a tree, you know, it's all changing and shifting. And actually there's some research that says that when people are climbing trees and up in a canopy of a tree, that their blood pressure drops because it was traditionally a place of safety for us, you know, when we were living with nature. 
that's a place where you stay away from predators. So automatically, yeah, blood pressure drops when you climb a tree, so get up there. You heard her, guys. But around the world, there are reports of more children coming to the emergency ward after injuring themselves falling out of a bed than falling from out of trees. Because they're not playing in environments that challenge them to make their own risk assessments. You've got all sorts of problem-solving, critical thinking, creative learning that goes on in this space because you have to work things out for yourself. You know, they know what their limits are. They will push the boundaries of those limits and grow those limits, but under their own terms. And that's exactly what this space is about. And your average playground just doesn't provide that. And you see more injuries. Kids get hurt in playgrounds is because they're too boring. You know, if we add challenge and we add risk to them, kids slow down and I see kids slowing down on this bridge. All right, there's a wobbly bridge you can go on. Sam's referring to the wobbly bridge, which is exactly what it sounds like. Usually the first two times and they speed up a little bit, then they get more competent at it. They understand the mechanics of it. So there's all that problem solving going on and critical thinking. And then, yeah, they've mastered it. And kids that aren't allowed to engage in this kind of unstructured play can grow up getting hurt in much more serious ways. A case in a university in the north of England where freshmen were getting hit by cars and they'd basically been driven everywhere and they hadn't learned how to cross the road or stay safely. When they're finally let out into the world on their own, they've got no understanding of how to manage risk and that's when it gets dangerous. And on top of getting physically hurt, children are battling with obesity and other chronic illnesses that affect them into their adult life. But given the right access to play in nature, they can overcome it. Kids that I've worked with for you know a couple of years that maybe aren't that physically capable, I'll let them go and play in the garden. They come back, they're sweaty, they're red-faced, and I've never seen that in them before. So this garden invites a real high level of physical activity. What is it about nature that ignites this physical activity? Sam says one of the things it comes down to is a term known as moving loose parts. The more moving loose parts you have in a space affords more play behaviours. So all of the leaves and the sticks on the ground in the garden add to the affordances that give kids lots of different play ideas. Nature play is also about developing emotional intelligence and building healthy minds. So much of children's lives are pre-described by adult ideas, you know, whether it be stuff they watch online or on TV, stuff they read, things they're told they should be doing. It all comes from the mind of the adult. You know, this is a space where children can, can be children and to really go into their own minds and play all sorts of games. It's up to the kids' imagination and their play with their friends for this space to become what they want it to be. Imagination is so important because it permeates our entire existence. It influences everything we do, think about and create. It leads to elaborate theories, dreams and inventions. The turtle mounds might be a castle one day, you might come back another day and you're on top of a pirate ship. The tunnel might be, you know, you're digging through to the bottom of the earth. It might just be a tunnel that you want to hide and be enclosed in so then you can go into a different imaginative world. Um, so yeah, there's nothing here that says you play like this in this space. It's like, here's the space, you make it what you want based on what's coming out of your head and what's coming out of your mates' heads. And you don't need a lot to stimulate an imagination. 
One of the favourite spots for some of the younger kids here is an 11 metre long tunnel. And I thought, no one's going to want to go in there, that's just too scary. But the little, sort of around about two to three years old, this is their space. It's a favourite for them because it's enclosed and it's safe. If we think about our sort of evolutionary history, if we played in an open space, we're more likely to be attacked by predatory animals or perhaps a predatory human from another clan or mob. Um, So this sort of enclosed space creates a sense of safety and then the imaginative play can come out. As we move through the wild play garden, I hear a little girl making some strange sounds. (laughs) We call that exercising bird language. That's a thing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So when they're using that language and embodying animals, they become the animal and they develop empathy for that animal. This is what they're meant to be doing. I feel that this is like kids' natural habitat. That's Cass, a mum who frequently brings her young daughter Grace to the wild play garden. They're completely in the moment, you know, and and we're very much about unstructured play and just allowing kids to be kids and follow their curiosity. And there's so much to engage them here. And I feel like my job is just to stand back and let them explore and enjoy. Taking the back seat is difficult for parents, but it's so essential for their development. And so is letting them play in dirt. Seen it here when uh, parents come to pick their kids up and they're covered in mud, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, we've got to go see grandma, I'm so embarrassed. And it's like, no, wear your mud with pride. And creating green spaces for kids to play can also be good for the environment. There are over 14,000 plants and 180 different species that make up the space here. Different species of skinks and lizards that have moved into the garden since it's opened. A number of birds that come and visit and that are residents here. So I think they do complement each other. You can create these green spaces that are beneficial for the ecology of the city, but also the ecology of our communities. If children are given the chance to play in and with nature, they're more likely to grow up caring for the environment too. And I think spiritually kids grow really well here, particularly with an ecological mind. Playing in nature and being around it creates a sense of connection and maybe care. We're hoping we see care and we do see that amongst you know the kids in this space. Nature reminds us that we are a small part of something vast, complex, ever-evolving and infinitely precious. It reminds us that as a part of this system, we're precious too. So get out there because you're never too old to go climb a tree. If you liked today's episode and you want to keep getting Branch Out episodes delivered straight to your podcast app, just hit subscribe. You can also help other people find Branch Out by leaving a review or sharing it on your social media. Now, if you've visited the Wild Play Garden, there's a 10-minute online survey you can complete for a research project being conducted in conjunction with Western Sydney University. The aim is to understand how both children and adults feel about nature play and whether it has impacts for children's development. Just search for Wilding Nature Play for Children and Families on Western Sydney University's webpage. 
Next episode, get ready for an adventure because we're joining Aboriginal Education Officer Kalkani Chilbera. She's taking us on a tour to learn about the Gadigal people, the traditional owners of the Sydney city area. So when the Gadigal women here first saw the English women, they loved their red cheeks. So they collected the pine cones from the Casuarina here. They crushed them to make a pink red rouge, put it on their cheeks to mimic those English women. Those beans uh, sort of introduce us to our three Ds here in Australia. Death, diarrhoea, death by diarrhoea. In the meantime, if you want to know more about how world-leading scientists are delivering solutions to some of the world's most critical environmental issues, head to the science page on the Royal Botanic Garden Sydney's website. I'm Vanessa Fuchs, and I produced this episode of Branch Out. Branch Out.